Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I really want to thank you, regular listeners, for sharing this podcast and leaving a review and really finding benefit from this podcast and giving me feedback. It's really helpful, and it's why I'm doing this. It it is really an honor to be a mouthpiece for freedom, and you are why I'm doing this. So I really just want to thank you for that. Today's show, I'm going to talk about depression. The show is titled, God Help, Don't Let Me Prophesy Depression Over My Life. Depression is a stealer of joy. It can cause hopelessness to run your life so you don't even try anything almost like give up. So it keeps you in that hole that feels like a trap. So even if you do try to get out, it's like it doesn't work. And you go into a deeper hole because of the hopelessness that you were already experiencing. I know I've been there myself. What we often do without realizing is that we prophesy depression over our life, which means the language we use causes depression instead of bringing us to be free. How we do this is comments like, I'm just feeling so down, or, oh, I'm so tired, or I don't feel like doing anything. That is really how you're feeling. So there's nothing wrong with communicating how you're feeling. But when it's a lifestyle, and that's what's coming out of your mouth all the time, it's prophesying, which is saying, this is what's going to happen. So I'm going to talk about today how we can get out of this and how we can speak life. Last week was one of my favorite episodes, God Help Me Get Out of This Stinking Thinking. I dove into lies that we believe to keep us in the cycle trapped of negative thoughts, which is what the enemy wants. What I really loved about this episode was being able to pull out the lies and speak the truth and lead through active ministry, not just teaching. Please make sure to go to my website, HeidiMortensenLMFT.com, and send me a message and let me know what is God doing in your life from listening to this podcast. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here right now in this show. We turn our attention to you, God. We give you everything we are worried about and thinking about, and we lay it at your feet. Come into this podcast right now. I pray for blessings on the listeners right where they are at. Fill them with your peace that surpasses all understanding. Give them hope for the future. Give them joy. Help me to speak what you want me to speak, God. I surrender my mouth to you. I am your vessel for each one of the listeners to be free to be who you design them to be. We bind depression right now in the name of Jesus, and I declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper. I pull from heaven right now and declare each one of these listeners will be moved to operate from the purpose you designed for them for a fresh desire to praise and worship, even if they don't know how to. I pray for freedom from depression. 
In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. In the anxiety episode, I talked about having authority over what you understand. I feel the same way about depression. If we don't understand it, it can feel scary and it can feel this big thing that we don't understand. Well, when we understand it, then we're aware of it when it tries to take hold of us. I am not a fan of diagnosing. The benefit of it is that when it gets really bad, the diagnosis can actually help you to really get help. It can also make you feel like you're not going crazy because it gives you something to know that you have to overcome and beat. Sometimes pride keeps us from being vulnerable and opening up to someone else. One of the keys to the kingdom of God is really just being real and vulnerable with him. Even if we don't know if there's anything wrong, we need to go to God and ask, Holy Spirit, reveal anything that's in me that is not in you. Help me to be like you. Help me to see the way that you see. We humble ourselves to you, God. One thing I have recognized is that we can often stay in this place of, I don't have anything going on, or I'm fine, or I know there's some stuff, but I don't want to go there. I don't want to open up that big can of worms, or I'm not ready. Here's the deal here. When we do this, we are actually being our own God. We're not humbling our surrendered selves to him and let God do the surgery on us. We're not trusting him to do the work that he believes that we need. He is God and we are not. And his plans for us are for us to prosper and not be harmed. It may not look like what we think it should look like, and it might not be in our timing, but the more we truly humble ourselves to him and enter into intimacy with the word of God, worship, and prayer, the more we know him and the more we become like him and less like the world. The biggest thing I would say about an actual diagnosis is that there has to be a struggle of functioning in someone's life. That means you can't get out of a house, you can't go to social functions, or regularly get to work. Depression looks different for everyone, but you want to pay attention to the functioning. It shows up in many different ways. Depression can actually show up as not going to work and having a really good excuse. It shows up as not going to a family function, and it seems like it's kind of not a big deal. It looks normal and seems like it's fine. Sometimes maybe like, let's say you're not going to work and you're sick a lot. If you have a workplace that maybe doesn't really care and doesn't really make this a big deal, depression can actually get worse and then you keep missing work. I know employers are in a tough spot right now with sicknesses, so they just will say, okay, you can stay at home. But what if you're sick 10 out of 30 days? That's too much. A company can't operate with their staff being at 30% off all the time. It might look like a cold, but you want to really check yourself. Is it? Or is it depression trying to tell you to not go to work, to not engage with your kids, to not go to that family function? You want to pay attention to the patterns in your life and in others. When things continue to repeat itself and it's not functional, this is where we can't ignore it. You guys, why wait? Why are we going to wait for what? 
you know, this is a lot of what we'll do. We'll kind of just go through the days and go through our life and wait because I'm not ready or I don't want to go there. Why wait, you guys? It's not worth not going there. It doesn't mean this has to be scary. It just means stop continuing what you're doing or not doing. Don't let the enemy win. Get help. Tell someone. Reach out. I'm serious about this. Send me an email. I want you to get help. Don't hide. I want to say that I see you. You're not hidden. God sees you. You are not hidden, nor can you hide. So the DSM, or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, is what is used to diagnose mental health disorders. I want to read to you the criteria for major depressive disorder. I want you to use this as a guide to increase your authority over depression. It is not a Bible at all, okay? So out of these symptoms, there needs to be at least five or more of them in a two-week period, and at least one of them needs to be depressed mood or loss of interest or pleasure. So number one is depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day. Number two, diminished interest or pleasure at all or activities most of the day, nearly every day. Number three, significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain or an increase in appetite or decrease. A slowing down of thought and a reduction of physical movement. So really other people will kind of observe this. It's not really kind of a feeling of restlessness or being slowed down. Number five is fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day. Six is feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt nearly every day. Number seven is diminished ability to think or concentrate or indecisiveness nearly every day. And number eight is recurrent thoughts of death, recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan or a suicide attempt or specific plan for committing suicide. I want to just speak to suicidal thoughts here for a moment. I think people can get really, really freaked out because it is a very, very scary thing when people follow through with it. Most of the time, though, people do not want to commit suicide. They are just crying for help. So it increases when there is usage of chemicals, so drug or alcohol use, if there is a previous attempt, and if there is a specific plan. So those are the things that you want to look at if you have a loved one that you're concerned about. I'm not saying don't pay attention to it. You have to pay attention to it. But I want to help decrease your anxiety with it and really just see it as a cry for help, but also increasing your authority because we know what our God can do. Jesus's blood is bigger than any of this. And I'm communicating these things to you so that we can increase our authority and not be afraid of talking about these things. So if you have these symptoms, but don't have any impairment in your functioning, you wouldn't technically qualify for a diagnosis. Again, this is just a tool, and that doesn't mean you have to not get help or ignore it. I'm communicating this so you can increase in your authority. This is really what I want you to get from this. And what you want to pay attention to are patterns in your life or your loved ones. That is what really matters more than a checklist. So what's the point of knowing all this? If God says I'm healed and I'm whole and I shouldn't have depression or I don't have depression, 
why would I even care about what this DSM says? Why does this even matter? Well, like I said before, I want you to understand how this works and I want you to know what the enemy is trying to do so then you know what to do and you know that you can get the right help or you can have someone else get the right help. You don't want to hide and say everything's fine when it really isn't. I want to talk about our body and our mind and the lack of functioning that can show up with depression, okay? Because physically there are things that shift and we can't ignore that. This is where it can get out of whack. Christians can often shame people for taking medication for depression. And this can also cause people to not get help because they need to tough it out. All right, so I'm going to speak about this here. Medication can actually help your body balance what it needs to so that your soul can heal and catch up with your spirit. Our body, soul, and spirit is so connected, just like Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit is. You need to be gentle with yourself and listen to what your body needs. If you physically cannot get out of bed and your body is drained and unable to go to work or social functions, you need to find out what's going on. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving you medical advice here. These are just my opinions. But there are things that impact imbalances like sleep, sunlight, stress, exercise. If any of these things are off, then most likely your physical body is going to struggle to access the joy of the kingdom. You want to make sure you're getting enough sleep, enough exercise, enough vitamin D. Take time for restful time and peace. Not hurried up prayers but genuine, throw everything in a bucket, give it all to God, and soak in God's presence. If these things are not done regularly, your body will be off. If you are doing all these things and still feeling depressed, then I suggest talking to a doctor. There are things that can be off like hormones, things that we don't even really understand. I don't understand them, so a doctor would understand more of this. Go back and listen to my last episode where I talk about lies. You could have deep-rooted lies that are keeping you stuck and not allowing your body to rest. So taking medication for a short period of time can help and allow the body to access the peace it needs for the soul to line up with the spirit. It can get you to that functioning. Say that it shouldn't be something that you rely on your whole life. You need counseling along with medication. Remember that we move from glory to glory. And medication can be used as a gift to move you from glory to glory. And John 15 says that God takes away our dead branches and prunes the fruit so we can grow more fruit. So do not feel shame if you need to take this route. But we need to be doing something for this to happen. We can't just hope that God will take away these dead branches. The next thing I really want to say about depression, and this is probably the most important thing, is that you are not alone. There is someone who has experienced something just like you have or your loved ones. No fear, no panic, no hole of depression or hopelessness that others have not experienced themselves. I have experienced depression without even realizing that's what it was. The door of hopelessness was opened When my husband and I had our first miscarriage, I know miscarriages are common, but at the time, no one in my family had experienced one, and I didn't have close friends who had either. We were 11 weeks along, and I lost the baby. This was our first. It was devastating. 
both Tim and I didn't know what was happening emotionally, and it was kind of a haze. We just moved through the motions without really feeling. We had friends and families who were very kind and loving. But after the support left, I had no idea that the sneaky impact of this hopelessness came in. Okay, so I didn't understand this at this time. But what happened was it was like slow negative thoughts would stir around in my head. So let's say my husband didn't show me enough affection, or that was my interpretation of it, or he didn't pay attention to me the way that I expected. I'd start to have these negative thoughts that would start to spin. And then if we'd get in a fight, then it would really send me in this negative tailspin. And I'd go from one thing to the next. And it's not the kind where I wasn't getting out of bed. So I was still moving, but there was like a hopelessness that I was feeling. I wasn't thinking I'm good enough. I can't make decisions. You know, where my husband used to be my resource and my helper, now he was my controller and I couldn't make any right decisions. I'd literally walk around my house thinking about comments that he would make, even though he wasn't there, and the things I didn't do right. What it did was it caused me to be less motivated or care. I would see things that needed to be cleaned up or picked up and I would just leave it because why does it matter anyways? I can't do it right anyway, so why would I even touch it? The symptoms that I had was depressed mood, lack of interest or pleasure, fatigue and loss of energy, feelings of worthlessness and diminished ability to think or concentrate. When it got really bad, I had thoughts that I didn't want to be here. I didn't have a plan to hurt myself but just a, I don't want to be here. And this is super vulnerable. I share this because I want you or your loved ones to know that you are not alone and God is in this. Really, I mean, I really don't know how I can speak more compassionate about this, that it's not worth it to let the enemy win in these moments. There is no shame in your story. In fact, many in the Bible experience these exact feelings. In Psalm 69, 1 through 3, David pours out his heart for a plea for help. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. What do you hear when I speak this? David is in pain. He's crying. I think he's experiencing depression. So what do we do? How do we overcome depression if we are faced with it? The answer is one step at a time. If you are in a hole, one little sprinkle of light at a time. When I was faced with this darkness myself, I remember everything in me wanted to keep complaining and crying and just not accessing peace. It's like I wanted to keep being in that hole, but I didn't really want to. It's so frustrating and confusing. When we're in this place, We have this like lack of ability to even comprehend what's going on. 
our field of vision narrows and we have less access to understand to even allow the light to come in. I remember barely being able to squeeze this out of my mouth, but it was like I just was fighting for it. And I just said, Jesus, help. That's all I could muster up. And that's all I held on to in that moment of despair. I'm like, I got it out of my mouth. I said it. I shifted something. It was that one step, that one moment. That's where you have to start with. David did the same, you guys. When we go further into Psalm 69, into verses 13 through 14, I'd say read all of Psalm 69, but verses 13 through 14, David prays, My prayer is to you, O Lord, in the acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire. Let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me and out of the deep waters. 16. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn me according to the multitude of your mercies. And 17. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw near to my soul and redeem it. And what do you hear now as David continues on in this psalm? He starts with the death from his words. But here's the deal. They're to God. That prayer turned into asking God for help and even declaring that God is good. So as you see what happens is as we pray to God and we vent to him, we pour out our pain to him, he shifts our prayers. He starts saying, God, have mercy on me and don't turn your face from me. You guys, God wants your heart. He wants your true, honest heart. Supernatural shifts happen when we give things to him, just like what David did. Read the Psalms. Read Psalms 23 or 103. There are so many of them that bring life. But you access God's truth in the middle of the pain. And guess what? We shift. When I could barely get Jesus' help from my mouth, a little seed of hope started to rise within me. I started to believe again. I started to hope again. I started to take steps of prayer. I started to exercise. I journaled. I talked to friends. I got prayer. I worshiped God. I went to counseling. I did things to beat the enemy. The biggest thing is that we have to watch what we say. I titled the show, God Help, Don't Let Me Prophesy Depression Over My Life. Because when we feel depressed, we continue to speak, prophesy depression over our life. Here's how. I have some examples I'm just going to read to you, which is prophesying death. I am so tired all the time. I am so down. I don't feel like doing anything. I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. I deserve to not do anything. I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I'm just going to drink all the wine I want. I deserve it. It's going to make me feel better. I am so hopeless. I'm so depressed. 
I am depressed. And when we do this to others, we'll say, oh, you look so tired. Are you okay? Or, oh, honey, you poor thing. Can I help you? And what we're doing is we're prophesying all of these things to happen. See, there's a difference between the Psalm 69 when we're talking to Jesus versus prophesying depression. If you're saying these things most of the days to many different people, then you are prophesying depression. If you are saying these things to God in prayer, in your journal, or a trusted friend whom you receive prayer from, you are calling out for life and you want to receive it. There's the difference. When I got Jesus' help out of my mouth, I actually didn't really want it. (laughs) Honestly, my soul didn't want it, but my spirit did. And when I spoke it out, life came out of me and life started to move. The sneaky thing about depression is that it can steal your hope. So it's almost like you don't want to get better. Well, I know that you want to get better, but the depression doesn't. So you want to see the depression is outside of us. You want to get better. Depression does not. So you want to recognize that you are not that. You are a child of God. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are capable, talented, made in the image of God. Your identity is not depression. This is why I'm not a fan of diagnosing. The mere I have a diagnosis is labeling and prophesying over that yourself. So how do we flip this? Well, we flip this by doing the things I said earlier. We start by believing again. We start to hope again. We take steps of prayer. We exercise. We get some vitamin D. We journal. We talk to friends. We have to do things. Get prayer from others. Get counseling. Worship God. Do the things to defeat the enemy one step at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. And don't give up. You might have three good days and three bad days. Well, that's better than six bad days. Keep going. God is working. If you have five bad days and seven good days, God is moving more. This isn't a try it and hope it goes away and still do what you're doing. I got to say something here. There is victory in the name of Jesus. And it is too late for the enemy. Right now, Even the fact that you've listened to this podcast, it's too late for the enemy. Jesus has won over you and over your mind and over depression. And it is too late for the enemy to try to get in. Even if you have a bad month, it is not too late. And Jesus is going to win. This is a lifestyle change that has to start from within the Jesus who's in you and you keep going. It's why you have to have supportive people around you. You cannot do this alone. They will keep you accountable and they will speak life into you. If you personally struggle with depression or you know someone who does, I want you to picture yourself or picture your loved one without depression. Holy Spirit, come. And bring your spirit of truth right now into the listener to imagine and see life. I want you to see smiles, joy, laughter, 
childlike spirit. Just allow yourself to just be in an image. Let let the Holy Spirit flow with you. I want you to see yourself with Jesus being free, being a kid. And I want you to stay in that and notice what it feels like to feel free or see your loved one is free. Now think about how you will talk to yourself. Think about how you'll talk to your loved one. What are the things that you will say? I know for me in this place, I don't really think about anybody else except for Jesus and freedom. I'm not caring about what other people think. I am just happy. I'm joyful. I'm free. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for joy. We thank you for life. For some of you, I would like you to write down what you are seeing and hearing so you can record this and you have this to go back to. Now, I want to ask Holy Spirit, what's keeping this from sticking around? If you hear nothing, well, that means you're healed and so is your loved ones. Right now, in this moment, take it, receive it, and just walk in this. Don't see yourself as depressed. Don't see your loved one as depressed. Some of you might hear some things like, what can you do to stop keeping this around? Here's kind of some practical things that could be to help it go. Stop a certain sin. Let's say you're in a sin. You know it's something that you, ah, uh, you know, you need to work on it. That could be it. It could be you need to start to write. You need to paint. You need to fish or hunt. Awaken that passion in you that God gave you. Or maybe you put down and you need to pick back up again. You might hear, go for walks. You might hear, stop drinking so much wine. You might hear, go hang out with that new friend that you just met. You might hear, write a encouraging letter to someone. What do you hear that is life? These could be little, little steps in a direction of hope and joy that God has designed for you. Find accountability partners that can support you to continue in that path. We need to imagine life. We need to speak life. We need to record life. I have a book that I have with all the encouraging and prophetic words that people have given me. You could start with a book that you look at with encouraging words or pictures or memories to spark the faith in the truth of who you are. In 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 19, Paul comforts Timothy and he says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. You guys, God is that good. He can make us free in a moment. Step in to believe that you're free. Believe that your friend or your family member is free. And walk out the steps believing that it's there. Yes, you might feel certain things and experience things that are not free, but keep stepping in that place of this is who I am. This is where I'm at. God says I'm free. I want to say that as a counselor, as a mom, a wife, and just a regular human, that depression is so small compared to Jesus. I hope your faith has risen throughout this podcast so you can see it as so. I hope your authority over it has increased. If you still feel it on you, I want you to just kind of take like a little action and just swipe it off you. 
just kind of picture it just coming off you. Just swipe it. That's how little it is. The Holy Spirit is lighting a fire in you that's bigger than the enemy. I want you to notice, just even as you're listening to this podcast right now, are you noticing that there's less depression or maybe it's not there? Just be curious about that and notice like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for that decrease. Thank you for the disappearance. Thank you, Lord. So we just thank him and we give him praise. God has got you, you guys, and he's got your loved ones as well. Remember earlier I said, it's too late for the enemy. God is winning here and he will win and he has won. So I'm going to end by prophesying life over you. And I want you to just receive it. Be in a place of just receiving. Say out loud first, God, I want healing for myself. Or name whoever it is that you want healing for. And I want you to just speak it out loud. Position your heart to receive. Being humble to the Lord. We are not the ones who heal or bring freedom. God is. We give him all the glory. I declare that you are full of life, that you have joy in your life. You are an amazing parent. You're an amazing friend. You are so good at your job. God sees those little moments when you pray. He hears them. He is so pleased with you. You are so kind. When you speak over yourself and others, life comes out of your mouth. Jesus has your mouth. Jesus gave you your beautiful heart. People love being around you. You are such a joy to others and to the Lord. You are unique. God loves you with an everlasting love. I declare depression will not live in you at all or any of your loved ones anymore. Depression is bound and will not operate anymore. It's done. It's gone. God has plans for you to prosper, not to harm you, and plans to give you a future. Isaiah 61, 1-3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the open of the prison to those who are bound, to comfort all who mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We thank you, Lord, from freedom from depression and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We thank you, Lord, for verse 7 that says, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Help us to receive even what we don't understand because you are bigger than anything that we can do, God. We give you all the glory, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening and being vulnerable and open to receiving what God has for you. He is so pleased with you that you are allowing his help He is so pleased. And we'll continue to be doing these weekly shows. On Monday, new shows come out with different topics. And every other Thursday, I have guests on. So if you missed it, you can go back and check out the episodes. If you want to know more about me, my counseling website 
is www.bridginghopecounseling.com and my personal website is HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast show wherever you listen, and I'd love it if you could rate the show and share it with your friends. I'd also encourage you, again, I mentioned this earlier, if you could go to the contact section on my website and share with me feedback from the show and any future show topics that you would have. And I also want to give a shout out to Charisma Media, who is the network that I'm doing this podcast for. On the Charisma Media website, there is a link there where you can actually download their app and you can purchase books from their amazing bookstore. When you download the app and make a purchase at the link, you help support this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you at the next show. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.